0: Calvary Christian Fellowship is a growing vibrant church located in the New York City borough of the Bronx. CCF is dedicated to presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ through dynamic preaching, well-balanced teaching and discipleship, and vibrant worship and praise. It is our intention to raise up qualified leaders and ministry teams who will effectively impact their generation for Christ. Visit our website at www.calvaryny.org. Now stay tuned for today's message.
1: One of the things, and I've told you this in the past, I have a lot of friends, good, dear friends, experienced men and women of God in the kingdom of God. And I told us, well, I explained to all of us while we were doing construction, we couldn't have them over because obviously we're working and we're vesting everything into the place that we're getting ready but now that we have it ready, I'm going to once again start inviting some of my dear friends in ministry. And you know um, um, our bishop, uh, Joe Matera, uh, he's literally traveling the world now. Uh, I'm excited about what God is doing in his life, in our fellowship's life. Uh, he was just, I don't know, the other week in Brazil, and he's in South Africa now. It's so all over the world. So the fellowship we belong to has truly become an international fellowship. And not only that, but the connections, the, the cross-pollination that we have of ministry and other ministries literally uh, touch the globe on an ongoing basis. Uh, you know, Maybe one of these uh, weeks I'll share with you just how interconnected we have become globally. And the reason why we want to do that is so that we can have resources um, met in every region You know, if I know somebody from Texas, um, and maybe they could help Pastor Jenny. You understand? So we help each other in the kingdom of God. And at the same time, as we grow, um, you know, some of us will move to different states because of our friendships and partnerships. We can offer a church in that locale. Uh, it's, It's an amazing thing to be connected at that level. But one of the things that I derive a lot of benefit from and enjoyment is when we go to our retreats, and we get to meet the pastors and the leaders there. Uh, we, we get to soak in the presence of God just like this, but all weekend long or during the week, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And one of, the, one of our dear friends is Pastor Dennis Bambino and his wife, uh, Pastor Jackie. They are veterans in the kingdom of God. Uh, they have taken out of their time to be with us today. And I'm very grateful. Uh, they have a, a, a great insight in the word of God. And not only that, they, since they're veterans in the kingdom of God, uh, what they share is not uh, from a theoretical point of view. It's, it's actually a life that they have lived and, and, and a unique anointing that they have. Because we don't have all the anointing. We have a part of it. right? We don't have all the perspective. We have a part of it. We're myopic in, in various areas where we're limited. Where sometimes we're like horses. We can't see over here because we got these, what do you call those things? Exactly. You know what I'm talking about. So we don't see over here. But then when we bring in our friends and they come in and they share areas, we might not be seeing at the moment so i I love the wisdom when it comes to the house of the lord and 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 it's shared with us so let's all stand a moment let's welcome um this precious couple um so pastor dennis i'll ask you to come you can introduce your dear wife and it's an absolute honor um for us to have you here please feel free to come thank you so much
2: Oh, it's just such a, a blessing to be here. You may be seated. I was, uh, I was actually born in the Bronx, so this is like, uh, this is like coming home. And I was raised somewhere, Gun Hill Road, is that somewhere out there, somewhere? So um, and then uh, we, we moved to Long Island when I was five years old, forget about it. Because it's just totally different out there. But um, it's really good to be here. You're such a warm people. I just feel so much at home. Uh, Jackie and I have traveled to 27 countries together bringing the gospel, and uh, you're always at home when you meet your family. You know, and it's just such a pleasure to connect with you and the servant. The servant attitude here is just so apparent, and it's not a function of the church; it's an attribute of the church. And I can see that uh, in uh, in so many of you who have helped us uh, park our car and get tea and get seated. And so, thank you very much for inviting us. We're so blessed to be here. This is this is my wife, Jackie. Um, <clears throat> And um, we, have been, uh, we have been married 47 years, that's right. We're not that old, we got, we got married when we were six years old, so uh, we're, we're not that old. Okay, but uh, we, have three, we have three beautiful daughters and 12 gorgeous, absolutely incredible grandchildren. Right. And I know all of your grandchildren are pretty too, but mine are the prettiest. Okay, so. <laughs> and the handsomest. We've got seven, seven granddaughters and five grandsons. So I want to uh, introduce uh, the bride of my youth. Amen. Amen.
0: His, prime, his prime rib. <laughs> Amen. Well, it's a blessing to be here. And I just want to uh, say that when I walked in and, and uh, just experienced the worship and the, the praise... Uh, <clears throat> it was good. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. So, and, I, and I even turned to my husband and I said, the people are really singing. <laughs> and that's such a blessing and it pleases the Lord so much, so much. So um, usually I, you know, the Lord gives me something just to, you know, bring to, to the church. And I just really feel that we are in, um, can I step away from the pulpit? I feel like we're in a, a, a season of transition. There's a shift that's taking place. We're going from one point to another point, and we don't necessarily know where we're going. I believe God's doing that deliberately, that he's hiding things from us, and he's saying just take one step at a time so that we can grow in faith and in greater trust of who he is and in that transition he is doing a work in us to transform us from the inside out amen and just recently in my prayer time with the lord i he just showed me that in transition he's with us in a great way and he just pointed out Uh, the area of when the Israelites were leaving Egypt. And he told Moses, tell them that we're moving them out. We're moving them out. And I just want to read that passage just real quick. It's just a, uh, a couple of verses. And it says here, Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, from being slaves to the spirit of this age. He wants to bring his church from underneath the influence of the world and of the world systems and bring them into the promises that he has spoken to each and every one of us. I believe that this is a year of fulfillment of uh, promises, and we are to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. So he says here, I will free you from being slaves to them and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God and then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians and I will bring you To the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. And what I believe God is doing in this hour is he's taking us out to bring us in. He's taking us out to bring us in and we need to walk by faith, we need to come from underneath the influence of the spirit of this age, the spirit of this world, the world systems, and get into God like we have never gotten into God before. And I'm just gonna stop with just, I feel to share this prophetic word. How many believe in the prophetic? Do we believe in the prophetic here, pastor? Okay. In my prayer time once again, the Lord gave me this word, and in light of what I heard Pastor saying this morning, I believe that this word is very, um, very right on for this church. Now, he spoke to me and he said this, Daughter, there's going to be such a move of my spirit that churches will be rattled and overwhelmed. The world will be panicking, but my church, my remnant, will be at peace extraordinary peace that passes all understanding they will come for answers meaning the world will come for answers and I will be the answer my church will be the answer they will be knocking down the doors my leaders will be rejoicing but overwhelmed and leader will need leader brother will need brother sister will need sister and my body will unite to hold the great harvest that is why there has been great realignment in these past years great transition repositioning so when world systems are shaken my church will be in position my people will be aligned and at that point the Lord showed me a football field and a football game. And now I know nothing about football, but what I saw was the Lord passing the ball. And I guess it was like a quarterback, I don't know who gets the ball, but he was passing the ball and it was the church who caught it and the church ran with the ball and made the touchdown. Amen? And so he said, they made the touchdown, and it was for my glory. So we need to be praying one for the other, praying for his body, praying for strengthening, and praying that our fa- faith in this hour will grow stronger and stronger and stronger. Amen?
2: She can hold her own, can't she? Right. Well, she's a,
1: she's a minister
2: in her own right. She's been ordained and um, ministers at women's conferences, retreats, and women's breakfasts. And she's a, a coach to women, a mentor to women, and she's also a certified health coach. So women come to her very regularly for coaching in their health and she winds up coaching them in her, their walk with the Lord. Amen. And uh, because the greatest health is spiritual health, isn't it? Amen. 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 That was a great word, and I'm going to tie into that. Um, you know, we have grown up, and uh, when we first met and got engaged, we said that we wanted to grow old together, and we made it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But, going, get, you know, getting old is not all that bad, I've discovered. Right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's got some benefits. Um, uh, I found out the fallacy uh, that men lose their hair as they get older. That It's a fallacy. No, it's a fallacy. <laughs> I've discovered that men don't lose their hair, the hair just goes underground and it comes out their ears and their nose. Right? <laughs> you know, some of us grow facial hair, you know. No, it's it's uh you know, it's true. So uh <laughs> I, uh, as, as, as I've been growing older, I've had to um, take a different position in terms of the way I do things. Uh, as you grow older, uh, it becomes an Olympic event to try to pick something up. Have you... <laughs> it's an Olympic event. People gather around to watch whether or not you're going to make it. So you, you drop something on the floor. And you, you, you don't pick it up right away. Okay, you, you circle it. All right, and what you're trying to do is get a strategy for picking it up. And the, the, goal, the goal is not picking up the object. That's not the goal anymore. The object is after you've picked up the object to get off the floor. So you've got to figure out how... You know, so anyhow, it's, it's, uh, it's quite an adventure. Life is an adventure. Amen? Amen? And you guys have been on an adventure, and I'm just so blessed. Uh, for the last week, we've been praying for you and, you know, into this time of ministry. And, and I was uh, to be here several weeks ago when you guys had, worse than we did on Long Island, you had an ice storm and it was necessary to cancel the service but i had already received a word from the lord and it was and and i said jackie i'm not going to tell you what i got so you go to the lord and see what he see what he told you and the word that i got was israel coming out of egypt wow. oh that's why i didn't tell you okay and i know that in the recent past of this church and this fellowship, this community of, of believers, this family of faith, uh, that you have been coming out from underneath what the enemy has tried to put on top of you, and you, but you have seen the Lord's mighty hand in delivering you from your enemies and hard times. You've seen it over and over and over again through the transition You have seen the hand of the Lord individually and collectively as a fellowship. And you have grown to know God in a way that you cannot know him unless you go through these times of challenge. A time of challenges is uh, from the Lord's side is intended to make you from the devil's side is intended to break you. And Joseph and great men of women, like, women and men like Joseph, have come through and understand that what the enemy meant for evil, God uses to bring about good. And he's forming us in the process, because he doesn't want to just bring us out. He wants to bring us out differently than we went in. He wants to transform us, change our form. Change who we are by demonstrating to us who He is. When we see who He is, we change by looking at Him. We change by relationship with Him. As we gaze upon His beauty, we become beautiful. Why were there no clothes in the garden? Because they were in the presence of the beauty and the majesty and the glory of the Lord all day long. They didn't need to cover themselves up. Without being in the presence of God, we need to wear clothes, put on makeup, comb our hair, and and get all sorts of plastic surgery. But in the presence of the Lord, we are beautiful because he is beautiful and he made you and I in his image and likeness. The more time you spend in the presence of the Lord, the more transformed you will be to become who he is. To become a a man or a woman of internal beauty that radiates through your body and brings health to your bones. Amen? Amen. Amen. And the Lord wants you to know that um, you have been faithful and God is well pleased. You've experienced the fire by day and the cloud by night. God leading you through the process. His presence here he said to me, is increasing. And the pastor referred to that, that as we grow, it is not a matter of just growth in numbers. The growth in numbers comes through a growth in quality. Quality produces quantity. And so he's looking for quality that he can cause to become quantity and touch a world with that. Even the mustard seed becomes quantity because the quality in that little seed is exactly what will reproduce all that God had created it to be. Amen? Amen. But that you are in transition. You are in a changing period. Even now, you are in transition. And I want to welcome you to the fact and alert you to the fact that the entire body of Christ is in transition, you're in a good place. We are being changed. The world is changing rapidly and God is at work to change the church to meet the challenge that is coming to the world. As as my wife said, it is not going to be science that has the answer. It's not going to be politics that has the answer. It's not going to be the strongest nation that has the answer. It's going to be the church that has the answer. And the answer is a magnification, a manifestation of the person of Jesus Christ. Not our programs, not our, our, our pulpits, but his person. And he can come through our programs. He can come through the pulp. absolutely. We don't throw that away. All right, But it, without his person, it's just religion. And the world is tired of religion. The world is looking for a manifestation of the sons of God in these last times. And that is what is going to come forth. I want to declare to you that as beautiful as this building is, and I'm going to get to this again, but it seems to be coming up now in my message, that this building is an opportunity for you to meet collectively, but this is not the church. This building is a place we meet. We are the church. When two or more get together, the church is getting together for prayer. The church is getting together for praise and worship. When you all by yourself Are moving throughout society, you are a demonstration of the triune God in you coming through you wherever you are. You are the church. You're a living stone in the body of Jesus Christ. And that is what makes the body of Jesus Christ so dynamic. It is not stuck to a building. It permeates and radiates all throughout society. There isn't any place the Spirit of God can't go when when He has someone that will take Him there. Come on now. He can go into your office place. He can go into your bedrooms. He can go into the lives of people next door. He can go to the nations. All through His people. But don't drag a building around with them. Come on, Amen. Okay you're going to have your school and your school is going to be multitudes of young and old who want to be discipled by the Lord Jesus Christ and that can take place that can take place in your offices on your lunch hour in your homes at your kitchen tables and especially here absolutely here in this building And in many other buildings. In any place, you can make a disciple. And that was what Jesus said. Go and multiply. Make a disciple. Every one of you. Don't wait for the program of the church. The program, if you will, is in you. The call to multiply is within you. You are being prepared to go forward. But here is the warning. Whenever we're in transition, think about the pioneers. The pioneers that settled... America, Uh, when they left the, the stronghold and they were going out into new territory, they were most vulnerable. And as they were traveling, if there was an attack, what did they do? They circled the wagon trains, they came together. They are strong, not individually, they are strong collectively. Together. It's the banana that gets separated from the bunch that gets peeled. And listen, the enemy is absolutely not happy with your progress. He is furious with the fact that you have begun to build and are still building. He's furious about that. And he wants to try to stop you at every turn. It's not just your finances. He'll attack your emotions. He'll attack your health. He'll attack uh, your relationships. And you've got to be on guard for every tactic of the enemy that will attempt to stop or slow down the building of the body of Jesus Christ. Become alert to the tactics of the enemy. So he has been buffeting you on every side. And the sense that I got was that some of you are weary of warring. And that's okay. When I I was in the army, I, I regularly donate to the USO. Because the u s o is there to you know give us a ping pong table or a pool table and a place to just hang out and rest from the war you 've got to pull back you can 't be out there on the firing line all the time you 've got to find the secret place I think one of the most important things that the body of Christ must learn, is Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And then the fiery darts of the evil one, the arrows that fly by day, the pestilence that stalks the earth, the snare of the fowler will not come nigh you. You will be walking in the presence of God. You don't, leave the secret place, you take the secret place with you. You work out of the secret place, staying in the secret place. It is your offensive weapon to be in the Spirit. Come on, That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So as much as some are weary and worrying, some are grumbling. Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And uh, pastor talked about that this morning. He set you up for it. Jealousy. You see how the Holy Spirit speaks? Jealousy and competition and, you know, I'm tired or that's not my job, man. You know, that's somebody else's job. No, 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 it's everybody pitch in. Grumbling and complaining kept the people of God out of the promises of God. What's the opposite of grumbling and complaining? Thanksgiving and praise that keeps us going through the gates into the presence of God. Because the, in the presence of God is fullness of joy. I've got nothing to complain about if I'm in the presence of the Lord. He's all I need. He's all I want. Amen? And some of, some of you are discouraged. Discouragement is something that comes upon us when we lose our vision. And again, I was so pleased to hear the pastor casting vision because without vision, the people are without restraint. They bang into walls. They're scattered. They don't know what to do. They don't know who they are. We've got to see what we don't have now so that we can draw it out of the spirit into reality. And pastor talked about that in the offering this morning. I was just about to quit bringing my message because he did the whole thing. <laughs> Discouragement comes when we lose sight of God. We've got to see him for who he is. There is nothing that we're going to do outside of ourselves in our own strength. I'll talk about that a little bit more in just a minute. And, but others of you are saying, hey, let's go. This is exciting Let's move on. As far as encouraging you, that's why I'm here this morning, and my wife and I are here this morning. Joshua chapter 1, and I'm going to paraphrase some of these verses for time's sake, but Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 and 7 and 9 and 18, four times the Lord says to Joshua, Be strong, and courageous. Do not be discouraged, but be encouraged. Be strong and courageous. Where do you get your strength from? From the Lord. It's not my strength. We can't do this, saints. We cannot do this. It's impossible to do what God calls us to do. We've got to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is, while you and I are in conversion, we are in transition. The huge transition that God wants to bring us into is to come out of religious strength and religious duties and religious functions going through the motions without a realization of who God is, and come into the fact that God is the one that's going to do it in us, and then God is going to be the one that does it through us. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Be still and know that I am the Lord. And as much as my wife read from Exodus, I too have a an exhortation and encouragement from Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. I'm reading it to you. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. Listen to this. The Egyptians you see today You will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Now, that takes more faith than you can believe when the devil is breathing down your neck and threatening financial destruction, threatening disease, threatening division. All right, when you can't see the future. To be still means I trust you, Lord. And in order to trust you, Lord, I've got to see you, Lord, for who you are. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Tsidkenu. You are El Elyon, the Most High God. You are Eli- Elohim. You are El Shaddai. You are all that I need. When I see him for who he is, I can be still in him and wait for him to move. And if he doesn't move, stay there. Don't invent something to do because it's a good thing. Don't try to do it in your own strength because that's religion. And religion gets us into trouble. Abraham made a complete mess out of the history of the world because him and Sarah got together and said, God's taking too long. Let's try to do this on our own. You be still and wait for the still small voice, still small voice behind you that will say, this is the way, walk ye in it. Otherwise, don't move. Wait for God to move first and follow him. He's not going to follow you. He's the Lord. He's got an attitude about it. wait to come together to go out wait to compress to explode the capacity of gunpowder to break open things is in its ability when compacted to explode if you take gunpowder and you scatter it around the floor and light it it just stinks and makes a lot of smoke and too often the body of Christ is scattered and it's smelling and making a lot of smoke but not breaking things up. But when you take the gunpowder and you pack it into a container, it becomes what Acts chapter 1 says is dunamis, dynamite, to explode and break open the strongholds of the these ages and even break open the strongholds in people's hearts to bring them the gospel. Dunamis. He said, wherever two or more, come together and pray. And this is a strong word. It comes from Revelations, chapter 3, when the Lord was Bringing each church before him. How many of you know that we're going to give an accounting to the Lord? For what we've done in the body. Amen? Why the accounting? Because he wants to reward us, not punish us. He's not a punishing God. Hell was made for the devil and his angels. Heaven in the presence of God was made for you and me to enjoy him forever. And he wants to reward us. He wants to give us crowns. He wants to position in the kingdom to come. And so he's looking for a little bit of faithfulness that will enable him to uh, advance you to your next level of responsibility. So when he brings the churches before him, Revelations 3, verse 2, he says, wake up, Strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard and obey it and repent. Now, that sounds like a strong word, but it's really an admonition. He's really saying, listen, I've said a lot of things to you. Now, gather those prophecies together. Gather those words together. And begin to pray over them. Don't be discouraged, but be encouraged by the fact that, that I am going to bring you through to another level. And I'm trying to tell you, don't fall asleep at this point in time. Wake up and believe. Wake up and receive what you need to go to the next level. Don't get complacent. Don't sit back. You're not complete. Somebody say, You're not complete. You're not complete. All right, now say, I'm not, complete. I'm not complete. Okay, we're on a journey. All right, and God is still adding to us. You've got to stay teachable. Why did they miss Jesus when he came the first time? They thought they had all the answers, they thought they were complete. And Jesus didn't fit what they thought he was supposed to be doing, they weren't pliable in the potter's hands. We've got to stay pliable. We're still in the making process. And we could very easily, and it happens in every revival in history, that the preceding generation that had a revival misses the next one because it doesn't fit the one they had. So we need to be, so listen, God can do anything he wants to do, can't he? And we need to be open to the ways that God is going to be moving in our midst. So Isaiah 40 exhorts us. Those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will walk and not be weary. They will run and not faint. Those who wait upon the Lord. Now, waiting is not an inactivity. Waiting is a peering into Waiting is a looking toward. Waiting is an intense observation of God and His his whole being and listening. What's He going to say next? What's He going to do next? Because as soon as He says something, as soon as He does something, I'm going to follow what He does. I'm going to listen to what He says. I'm going to walk in whatever it is that He brings forth. And I'm waiting and I'm looking Waiting is a time where if you've been hit and hurt, it's time to be healed. Come on, you guys, come on. I mean, we live in a real world. We live in a real church. We live in a real family. And listen, we do love one another. Yes, we've affirmed our love for one another, but we've hurt one another. And we've gotten hurt by other people. We've gotten disappointed. We've gotten betrayed. And we've been hurt and we've been wounded. And the enemy has taken advantage of that to try to get us to stop standing for him. And it's time, saints, listen to me. I've had to go through this in recent years. I've had to go through deep forgiveness for people who have betrayed me and left me. People who lied to me. People who stole from me. In the ministry, I'm not talking about the world. That's easy. It's easy to forgive them because dogs bark. And the world does that stuff. It's not supposed to happen in the church. We know that, right? But when it does, it's a grand opportunity to demonstrate the nature of God who hung on a cross and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Luke tells us that you, if you want to be a son of the Most High God, you've got to demonstrate forgiveness for your enemies. And your enemy is too often your brother. Listen, the elder brother in, you know, we we say in Luke chapter 15, right? And I'll bet, uh, you know, across the board, if you opened it up to Luke 15, verse 11, and I said, what's the title on that chapter, on that parable, what would it say? The parable of the prodigal son. It's not. The first verse says, there was a man... Who had two sons. The parable is about a father. Come on now. Who had two sons. And both of them were prodigal. Prodigal meaning out of relationship with him as their father God. As their daddy. And one went off and squandered his wealth. The other one was religiously working in the field. Working in the church, if you will. But he was working with the wrong motives... He was working for reward, and he was working out of relationship with the father. Where was the father's heart? The father's heart was for the son that was out in the field destroying himself. There should have been two people that ran out to meet the prodigal when he returned, the father and the elder son. Come on, say amen. When you're out of relationship with the father, you've got no heart for your brother. When you're out of relationship with your father, Jesus. you are out of relationship with your brother. Come on, compassion leaves. Grace leaves. You can have an evangelism program, but it's not going to take any effect because you don't have the father's heart of compassion. You're not there weeping and waiting for the lost to my come God, in. It's relationship with the father that the father was looking for. Now, that's a seminar all in itself. You take that one home. It's not even in my notes. But it is time to wait upon the Lord to restore, to rest, and to redig the foundations. There are too many of us, and I'm going to share uh, my, my testimony in just 30 words. Having served the Lord for 30 years, been in the Lord for 40 years. It was a time for crossing over. It was a time for advancement. And instead of that, I was betrayed. My church was split and taken from me. There were lies that were being spoken. I was gossiped about. That's just the short of it. And after 30 years of working and warring, in so many different levels, internationally, locally, starting prayer networks and pastor's networks and all sorts of good stuff, I was worn out, I was wiped out, I was finished. How many of you know, and maybe you can relate, your story of having given everything you got and coming up with nothing, plowing and getting three grapes? You can't make new wine out of three grapes. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it could be in your family. It could be in your ministry. It could be in your, you know, your occupation uh, where you just did your best and you put it all out there, right? And you had it taken from you. It could be in your health. And I got to a point where I couldn't go any further. It's kind of like if you see that... uh, Extreme wrestling, and I don't watch this, but every once in a while when I see my grandsons, they, they watch this extreme wrestling, and, and uh, these guys get themselves tied into knots, and the first guy that gets the other guy into a knot, he can't get out of. All right, guess what the other guy does, the guy that's down on the mat. What does he do? He knows he's going to either, he's, his, his breath is going to get cut off and he's going to die, or he's going to lose his arm. And what does he do? He taps out. He taps out. I was smart enough at that time, being absolutely discouraged, being depressed, feeling like I I didn't know if I even knew God anymore. I tapped out. I said, God, I quit. God said, "What, what took you so long? I resigned. I let go of ministries. I turned responsibilities over to other people. And for more than a year, I hung out with God. He brought me into a desert place. He separated me from everyone else, for the most part. I spent hours and hours and hours and hours every day. Just I didn't even know what to say. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know how to pray. I was empty. I was filled with bitterness and anger. And little by little, He didn't even address my sin. The stuff that I did to other people. He didn't even address that. He didn't address my pain. He did what he did to Job. Job went through a horrible situation. And you know that some of you have gone through your own Job situation. And what happened was God showed up in the last chapters and revealed his glory. And at the end of Job... Job said this, I have heard of you, but now I have seen you. And everything changed. Saints, what I'm telling you is that through my Job experience, God showed me who he is as I've never seen him before. I've come into just the beginning of, revelatory, of a revelatory relationship with God where I am sitting with Him and seeing Him and hearing Him and relating to Him and being still. And let me tell you, out of that place, everything is changing. You may be in a situation where you're in a pretzel hold. You may be in a situation like Job where you feel like everything. You know, God, why did you do this? Why did this happen? And you got all of Job's friends telling you that you're in sin and that you should have done this and you shouldn't have done that and this is the way God is. And all of it is mumbo-jumbo until you see God. And God is saying, would you come aside? Would you come apart? And if you don't come apart, you're going to come apart. Would you be still and let me show you who I am? There are too many Christians, in my experience, that have too much information about God, but not enough revelation about who He is. And you've got to move from, revel- from information... I know about God to revelation I know God. I've met Him. I've seen Him. I've experienced Him. I know that I know that I know who Jesus Christ is. I didn't get talked into salvation because if I got talked into it, I can get talked out of it. I am absolutely sure He's the only one true God. He's magnificent. He's holy. He's awesome. He's beautiful. He's majestic. He's all good. He's faithfulness. He's love. He'll always be there. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. Listen, I've read the scriptures for 40 years but I've come to new revelations of I know that I know that I know and you can't talk me out of it because I've met the man. Pharisaical Paul got knocked down on the road to Damascus. He knew all about God, but had never met God. And once he met God, he had to go off into a desert to consume God and change his mind based on what he saw and what he experienced. Revelation knowledge is an experience. You can write it down. On this date, God said, I saw God. I got a revelation of God. And when it opens up, the light bulb goes on and you go, wow! God's a wow God. And He wants to wow His people with revelation after revelation after revelation. And these revelations... I don't have time to go into it. I'm teaching a whole course on it. These revelations are hidden for this time to be revealed to the church, to His children. He doesn't show them to the wise and the learned. He shows it to the kids, to the children, to the humble of heart. And they see what many long to see and they taste what many long to taste. And so it is time for us to get into a place where God can teach us and God can train us. Not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. This was always the plan of God, that He would prepare a people for His Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit, that person of God, did not come to just perform miracles, did not come to just teach us. In John chapter 14, key verse, verse 16 and 17, Jesus said, I am sending you the Holy Spirit and He will be with you and in you. Hallelujah. Now I'm telling you, you need to take that home. And muse on it. You need to meditate on that verse, two verses, what Jesus said, and the Holy Spirit coming. The Old Testament could only experience His witness, Emmanuel, God with you. So He came and He said, You're my people, and I'm going to be with you which means, and look it up in the dictionary, it's amazing, all around you, alongside you, going with you. He's known as the paraclete, down the road. But God ramps it up in the New Testament. And he said, I am going to cause your tabernacle, not the physical tabernacle, which I never had you build to contain me, but the tabernacle of your spirit to be cleansed by the blood of the lamb so that I could tabernacle in you. And the revelation that Paul brings us in Colossians chapter 1, 26 and 27, Colossians 1, 26 and 27, is that this mystery has been held back by God and is now revealed Christ in us, the hope of glory. What is your perception of where God is? Too often the Christian would say, well, he's, you know, he's in the church. Or we'd like to experience his presence when we have a prayer meeting. Or he's up in heaven. Or he's far away. And there's this distance factor. But God said, I'm annihilating the distance factor. I gave you a picture in the Old Testament that I would be in my Shekinah glory, would be in the Holy of Holies of the tabernacle. And then I went and, after the blood of Jesus was shed, I annihilated the building of the tabernacle. And I said, My people are the tabernacle of God. You are the house of God. And I will live in you and be with you. A revelation of that will change your life. I'm not looking for God to come down. He's already come down. He's already died for my sins. I am forgiven. My spirit man is cleansed by the blood of the Lamb and He has come to indwell me and to live in me and to speak in me all day long, 24-7, seven days a week. I will never, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We need a reality of that. When I walk around, I'm walking around with Christ in me. He's in me. I'm not waiting for him to show up. He's already shown up. He's there. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. This is my house. This is my tabernacle. This is where I operate from. You are my people. How are we supposed to live? Galatians 5.16. Live by the Spirit, not by my head, not by my strength, but by the Spirit. It is the power of God in me. It is the presence of God in me. It is the mind of Christ in me. His thoughts, His will, His way, not my way, His way. My mind my, shut your mind off. Romans chapter 8 says your mind is hostile towards God, can't know God, never will be able to. I need to take every thought captive and make it obedience to Christ. I need to hear what God is saying and say, Mine, get in line with what God is thinking, what God is saying, and what God is doing. Amen. This is the New Testament church. We're not supposed to be living like Old Testament people, waiting for Him to show up. He's already died, and He's already sent the Holy Spirit. And He sent the Holy Spirit to live in us, to work through us. Jesus was the perfect example of that. Romans, uh, John chapter 5, John chapter 8, I've got the verses up there. But He said, I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear the Father say. He was in his flesh. How did he see? How did he hear? He heard it by the Spirit, his Spirit, and the Holy Spirit, in whom, in whom he was also baptized was operating inside of Jesus Christ. He was in tune with the Holy Spirit, who's in tune with the Father. Can you say amen? Amen. He's got the mind of God. And Jesus heard what the Father said and only said what what He heard the Father said. He saw what the Father was doing and He only did what He saw the Father doing. He did it by the Spirit. That's a huge conversion. My head's not in charge anymore. My will's not in charge anymore. I've been crucified with Christ, yet I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. It's not my faith, it's His faith. He's got faith for the impossible. He's got faith I don't have. I just need to tap into who He is. His faith. Come on, say amen. If you're scattered on the outside, you need to get to the inside. You need to get into the holy of holies. Be still and wait upon the Lord. you short of peace, patience, kindness, love, gentleness. On the outside, Well, he, the, the fruit of the Spirit has everything you need. He's got all the love to love somebody. He's got all the joy to keep you happy. He's got all the faith to keep you faithful. He's got all the gentleness to minister to people. It's His fruit. And His fruit comes out of us as we tap into Him. He works through His vessels to bring forth His personality. It's a different way of living. I'm not alive anymore. But God's alive inside of me. What do you mean you're not alive anymore, Pastor? I died in Christ. I'm dead. The old is gone. The new has come. I've been raised in Christ. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. It's right there. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old is gone. The new has come. There's the fruit of the Spirit right there. You guys are right in tune. See, but it's not a matter of knowing this stuff. It's a matter of experiencing this stuff. It's a matter of growing in it, and growth is progressive. Revelation is progressive. I get a little revelation. I get excited about it. I see the fruit of that revelation coming through my personality. My personality is changing into the person of Jesus. I'm made in His image. I'm made to be in His likeness. Can you say amen? People need to see me and not see Dennis, but see Jesus. Experience Him. Isn't that right? I mean, I'm not going to put on Jesus. I'm not going to imitate Jesus. I'm not going to do what I think Jesus was supposed to do or say what I think Jesus was supposed to say. I'm going to keep my mouth shut and I'm going to keep my feet planted until I see God moving in front of me and I'm going to step into his steps. The Word of God. Jesus is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When he speaks the Word... I can step into it. It's as sure as Peter knowing that he could step out of the boat, not on water, but he walked on the Word of God. He heard what the other disciples didn't hear because they were carrying in a boat. They had all sorts of fear. How did he hear? It had to be by the Spirit. Peter, how to hear it by the Spirit. I mean, there was a storm going on. I've been on the ocean in a storm. <laughs> you can't hear anything. Nevertheless, a voice that's coming from maybe a thousand yards away. Come on, Peter. Come on, man. Come on, you can do it. Is that you, Lord? They had to be communicating Spirit to Spirit. But listen, when the Spirit gets finished speaking, you got... To be ready to get out of the boat. And this isn't in my notes. So I'm taking off here. I'll... You alright? He was, he was in a boat. This is another message. You have me back. You'll get the rest of it. Okay. He, was in, he, was in, he was in a boat. And you know what a boat is. okay? It, you know, it's a hole in the water you pour money into. Okay? It's it's got sides on it. It's got sides on it, right? And a floor on it. And there's the waves breaking over the sides. But in order so Peter's saying, Lord, is that you? And they're communicating spirit to spirit. That's extraordinarily important that we learn now how to communicate spirit to spirit. Spirit to spirit. Spirit to Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit to my spirit. Getting my mind aligned. That's how the renewing of the mind takes place when my mind thinks what the mind of Christ is saying. The renewing of the mind, spirit revelation. But here's Peter and and the other 11, and they're sitting there. And Jesus says, come. What did he have to do? He had to get out of the boat. In order to get out of the boat, what did he have to do? He had to get over it. And there are barriers in our life. And I'm telling you, sister, I'm telling you, brother, there are things in your life you got to just get over it. Come on, on, get over it. And I'm not just saying disregard it. I'm saying get the forgiveness done. Get the healing completed. All right, release the bitterness. Release the unforgiveness. Release the debt that you think everybody owes you. Get over your insecurity and start walking on the revealed word of God. He will never let you down. Thank you, Father. This is the conversion that is taking place. You could do a seminar on spiritual warfare. Those of you who have been warring and are weary. It could be because you are in a place where you, where the reality on the outside, listen to me now, the reality on the outside, and the outside is the world, the flesh, the flesh, and the devil. It's my unrenewed mind, my sinful body, and the demonic powers and principalities in the the world. When I start losing the battle, it's because the pressures on the outside are greater than the pressure on the inside, and I begin to be crushed. If you take one of those sippy things, those little sippy cups, okay, my grandchildren puncture the straw in there, and then suck it out. You suck out all the juice. If you keep sucking and don't inhale, exhale, you keep sucking and sucking all the juice out of it. A little at a time that container collapses. And it does and it collapses because there's nothing on the outside on the inside. There's too much on the outside and the pressure on the outside collapses the container because there's no pressure on the inside. And that means that I've got to get a greater revelation of Christ in me, the Holy Spirit in me, the greater One in me, and rest in Him, be continuously filled by the Holy Spirit, so that the reality on the inside is greater than the reality on the outside. And I keep the victory. Tracking with me? Put on the full armor of God which is a spiritual experience. And people don't understand how to wear the full armor of God, and I can't go into it in the next four hours. (laughs) But you know all the parts and pieces of the armor of God. You know the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the sword of the Spirit, and the shield of faith to quench every fiery dart of the evil one. Let me tell you something. Except for the sword of the Spirit, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. The Word of God ignited by the power of the Holy Spirit bringing illumination. That's what we cut the devil up with. But what I hide behind... Is not something that I put on, it's someone. It's the righteousness of Christ, it's the salvation of Christ, it's the truth of Jesus Christ, it's the good news of Jesus Christ. So, as I know who He is, I hide behind Him. He takes the hit, I'm okay. That's the armor of God in 25 words or less. But I need those revelations. I need a revelation of my righteousness in God, in Christ Jesus. Got too many Christians going around, I'm condemned, I'm no good, God would never forgive me, I sinned again. I just blew it, I just, you know, I just can't make it. I can't, I can't do this holy thing, you know. I just, I'm just not, this is just who I am, you know. I'm just a second class citizen in the kingdom of God. And they go around with the moly grubbies, you know. They just go around with their... And they tuck their lower lip into their shoe and they walk around. You know, they're baptized in lemon juice. Uh, you got no joy whatsoever. You can't have joy if you're under condemnation. If you're going to die, when you're under condemnation, you're going to die. The wages of sin is death. And you know you got a death sentence over you if you're feeling condemned. Well, you just... Saint, listen to me. That person does not have a revelation of the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and what He did on the cross. You need a revelation of that. You need to see it. That I am in Christ and Christ is in me. My sins are forgiven. And I don't walk around in my own goodness. I am in Christ. And by affiliation, by association, by communion, by union of the Spirit... I am holy. Not holy in myself. I am holy in His holiness. And I'm okay. I'm okay. Now I can stand before the throne of grace and find mercy in time of need and grace to meet absolutely every situation. Otherwise, I don't want to even talk to my daddy. I don't want to talk to him because he's mad at me. He's going to punish me. No, no, no. Okay, 1 John one seven, if you can... Confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 7 through 9. But I need a revelation to that. That's not religious. Stop going to church and start being the church. Stop doing religious things and let the fruit come out. You don't work at fruit. Go into any orchard. Go to an apple orchard. Go to you know, into the countryside and go into an orchard, a vineyard. And if it's far far enough away from the parkways, in the midst of the vineyard, in the midst of the orchard, there's no sound. It's just the most peaceful place. And you don't got the apples going, I got the tree going, push out some fruit here. I better, I better produce something, you know, because the farmer is going to come and he, he's looking for produce, so i got to produce something. No, no, no. He's just resting. Resting. His roots go deep into the soil of God's love. And naturally, supernaturally, comes the fruit of the Spirit. I don't love with my love. How do you forgive these people that have hurt us so badly? Not with your love, not with my love, with God's love. I just tap into God's love. I just let God's love love him through me, and I agree with it. God, if you forgave him, I gotta forgive him. If you love him, I gotta love him, and I will. I choose. I choose. I choose to love him. I choose to forgive him. This is all about reality, not religion. It's about relationship. It's about intimacy, which is what God came to bring us. And if we get so activity-minded that we lose the relationship, we have gone into the flesh and into religion. Your next level of promotion will be deeper into Christ himself, doing less and him doing more through you. I'm going to pray this prayer. I want you all to turn there. Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to pray two prayers over you and with you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. I'm going to pray this over you and you just receive it. Holy Spirit, you just make this real for your people, your children. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and His incomparably great power for us who believe. The word know there is a revelatory coming to know by your eyes being opened and you experiencing the reality of that truth. It is not accumulating information. Ephesians chapter 3, beginning at verse 14. For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, in your spirit, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how high and long and wide and deep is the love of Christ, and to know by experience this love that surpasses knowledge, mental knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God." I'm going to pray also from Genesis chapter 11, verse 6. And this is for your unity. God is one. The three in one want us to be one. Our victory is in unity. God declared when he came down to see the the buildings of man, In verse 5, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. And the Lord said, if as one people, speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. If as one people, saints... You who have begun this good work, become one in the Spirit. Nothing will be impossible for you. God will build his church through you. It is unity in the Spirit. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time of fellowship. I pray that impartation will have taken place. I pray, Lord, that they will be encouraged. To move deeper into that secret place with you into the holy of holies to come. To know you as never ever before. Strengthened in their inner man. So that no reality outside of them will be greater than the reality of you in them. And then they will know you and make you known. We thank you and praise you that this is the church's greatest hour. It will be an hour of trial and tribulation, but it will be an hour for your church of glorification. So we thank you and praise you for this in Jesus' name.
0: you for listening. We pray that this message fueled your faith. For more resources visit www.calvaryny.org. You are blessed and highly favored.